listened to keeping us separate even in words. They spoke to me as if he didn't exist. To my questions on the state of their lives, they answered either in a cheerfully evasive manner, or with an ill humor full of irritable pauses, or in the artificial tones they assumed when they were in the company of friends. They called me often, too, especially Bianca, who had a more imperiously demanding relationship with me, but only to know if blue shoes would go with an orange skirt, if I could find some papers left in a book and send them urgently, if I was still available to be blamed for their rages, their sorrows, in spite of the different continents and the spacious sky that separated us. The telephone calls were almost always hurried. Sometimes they seemed fake, as in a movie. I did what they asked, reacted in accordance with their expectations. But since distance imposed the physical impossibility of intervening directly in their lives, satisfying their desires or whims became a mixture of rarefied or irresponsible gestures. Every request seemed light. Every task that had to do with them an affectionate habit. I felt miraculously unfettered, as if a difficult job, finally brought to completion, no longer weighed me down. I began to work without regard for their schedules and their needs. I corrected my students' papers at night, listening to music. I slept a lot in the afternoon, with earplugs. I ate once a day, and always at a trattoria next door. I changed rapidly, my habits, my mood, my very physical appearance. At the university, I was no longer irritated by the students who were too stupid and those who were too smart. A colleague I had known for years and whom occasionally, rarely, I slept with, said to me in bewilderment one evening that I had become less distracted, more generous. In a few months, I regained the slender body of my youth and felt a sensation of gentle strength. It seemed to me that my thoughts had returned to their proper speed. One night, I looked at myself in the mirror. I was forty-seven years old. I would be forty-eight in four months. But by some magic, years had fallen from me. I don't know if I was pleased. Certainly I was surprised. It was in this state of unusual well-being that, when June came, I felt like taking a vacation, and I decided that I would go to the sea as soon as I had finished with exams and the annoying bureaucratic formalities. I looked on the Internet, studied photographs and prices. Finally, I rented a small, fairly inexpensive apartment on the Ionian coast, from mid-July to the end of August. In fact, I didn't manage to leave until July 24th. The drive was easy, the car packed mainly with books that I needed for preparing next year's courses. The day was beautiful. Through the open windows came a breeze full of parched summer scents, and I felt free and without guilt at my freedom. But halfway there, as I was getting gas, I felt suddenly anxious. In the past, I had loved the sea, but for at least fifteen years, being in the sun had made me nervous, 
exhausted me instantly. The apartment would surely be ugly, the view a distant slice of blue amid cheap, squalid houses. I wouldn't sleep a wink because of the heat and some nightclub playing music at high volume. I made the rest of the journey with a faint ill humor and the sense that I would have been able to work at home comfortably all summer, breathing the air-conditioned air in the silence of my apartment. When I arrived, the sun was setting. The town seemed pretty. The voices had a pleasing cadence. There were good smells. Waiting for me was an old man with thick white hair who was respectfully cordial. First, he bought me a coffee at the bar, and then, with a mixture of smiles and unmistakable gestures, he prevented me from carrying even a single bag into the house. Loaded down with my...